All right, well, we're there in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and I'd like to bring your attention down uh, to verse number 6, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Paul said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. We've been going through a series on Sunday nights on the subject of the crowns, and we've been studying the five crowns from, uh, that the Bible mentions that you and I can potentially earn in heaven. And if you remember the first week, we dealt with just the concept of the judgment seat of Christ and the fact that as believers, we will not be judged for our sins, but we will be judged for what we did on this earth, whether it had value or not, and we will earn reward. The second week, we talked about the incorruptible crown. Remember, that was a crown that was given to those who are temperate, to those who have self-control. And we talked about discipline in the Christian life and how to earn the incorruptible crown. Last week was week number three, and we talked about the crown of life. If you remember, the crown of life was given to those who endure temptations and trials. And we talked about going through trials and temptations. Uh, tonight, we're going to deal with the subject of the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness is mentioned one time. If you remember last week, the crown of life was mentioned a couple of times through scripture the crown of righteousness only mentioned one time in the bible and it's here in second timothy chapter number four and i want you to understand uh well look look, at, look down at verse number eight just so you can see it again in case you missed it paul said this henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness now here's what i want you to understand the crown of righteousness is given to those who finish strong those who finish their life in a way where they are successful, where they did not quit, where they ended in a place where they were uh, right with God. And I want you to notice in verse number six, this is kind of the, the, the idea of the crown of righteousness. Paul, Paul, this is the last letter that Paul wrote, and he's getting ready to die. And he himself says in verse six, notice, he says, for I am now ready to be offered. Now, if you don't mind underlining in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that phrase, now ready. That's a powerful statement that the Apostle Paul just made. He said, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I am ready to meet God. He said, I, I am ready to die. He said, everything that I was supposed to do, I have done. He said, I, I don't have, you know, we all have regrets, but he said, uh, I've accomplished what I was supposed to accomplish. And he says, I am in a place in life where he says, I am now ready to be offered. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I'm ready to see God. He said, I'm ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He said, I'm ready to be judged for the things that were done in my body. And, and he says, I am now ready. And listen, you and I want to end our lives and be able to say, I am ready. I don't have regrets. I, I'm not upset. I, I didn't waste my time. He said, he said I finished my course. He said, I, I got it done. He said, I ended successfully. Now, notice what he says in verse number 8. He says, henceforth. Now, that word henceforth means from this point forward. And here's what he's saying. He says, because I finished well, because I finished strong, he said, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but, all, but unto all them also that love is appearing. So here's what he says in verse 6. He says, I'm ready to see God. 
And then in verse number 8, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now in verse number 7, Paul gives us three things that he did in his life that allowed him to get to the place that when he was ready to die, he was able to say, I am ready. When he got to the end of his life, he didn't say, oh no, I've got more to do, or I wish I would have, or I've got all these regrets, but, and obviously we all have sin, and obviously we all are going to have regrets to some degree, but he was able to get to the place where he says, I'm ready to see God, I'm ready to be judged, he says, I've done what I was supposed to do, and in verse number 7, he gives us three things that he did. I want to share those with you tonight, I want to go through them uh, quickly, and give you some things, and this is how to get to the end of your life life and be able to say, I am ready to see God. To be able to say, I finished what I was supposed to do. Henceforth, Paul says, he says, I know because I finished strong that I will get a crown of righteousness. See, the crown of righteousness is given to those who finish well, who finish strong. So let me give you three points tonight. Point number one, how to get to the end of your life and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to be judged. I know that I will receive a crown of righteousness. I know that I ended well. How do we get to that place in life? Number one, he says, notice there in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. He says, I have fought a good fight. Here's what you need to understand. If you're going to get to the end of your life and say, I am ready. I I am looking forward to being judged by God. I've accomplished what I'm supposed to do. I've accomplished what God left me on this earth to do. You need to be able to say, I have fought a good fight. Now, here's what I need you to understand about this phrase. My whole life, I've heard people preach this phrase, and they'll say, I fought a good fight, and they'll kind of emphasize the fact that we need to fight well, and that we need to get in the fight, and that we need to be, you know, uh, uh, engaged. And listen to me, we do need to fight well, and we do need to engage, and we do need to get in the battle. But I want you to understand, when the Bible says a good fight, that word good I don't believe the word good is describing the fight, is describing the fighting. I believe it's describing the fight. You understand what I just said? I don't believe Paul is saying, I have fought a good fight in the sense of his performance, like I fought well in this fight. I think what he's saying is, I fought in a good fight. The fight that I was in was a good fight. Now, whether I fought well or not, that's up to God. But I believe what he's saying is not I fought well like I fought a good fight, but he's saying I was involved in a good fight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me show you why I think I, why I believe he's saying that. Go go back from 2 Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy is our our text for tonight, but go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and look at verse number 12. The word good is describing the fight, not the fighting. The word good... Is describing the fight, not the fighting. If you don't mind taking notes in your Bible, I would write right next to 2 Timothy 4, 7, this phrase. The word good is describing the fight, not the fighting. Notice what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. He says this, fight the good fight of faith. Do you see that? He's not saying fight well. He's not saying fight a good fight. He's saying fight the good fight of faith. He says, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou also art called and hast professed a good profession 
before many witnesses. Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And here's what I want you to understand. If you're going to get to the end of your life and be able to say, right before you die, be able to say, I am ready. I have accomplished what God has given me to do. You're going to have to be able to say that I was in the right fight, that I fought in a good fight. Not that I necessarily fought well in the fight, because here's what you need to understand. You might fight well in the wrong fight. Do you understand that? I would rather fight mediocre in the right fight than fight really well in the wrong fight. And listen, the only way that you're going to get to the end of your life and say, hey, I am ready. I am ready to see God. I, I, I have no regrets. I'm ready to be judged. Is if you're able to say, I was involved. I was engaged in the right fight. See, here's what you need to understand. There's a lot of fights out there. There's a lot of things you can get involved in. There's all sorts of political things out there. From time to time, I think we ought to engage in political fights. There's all sorts of, you know, charitable things out there. You can make it your cause to heal this or to go somewhere and build schools or build wealth. And, And those are all good things. I'm not saying those are bad things. But if you're going to get to the end of your life and say, I'm ready to be offered, you're going to have to be able to say, I was involved in the right fight. I fought in a good fight. I spent my life battling the good fight. Now, what is that good fight? Well, notice in 1 Timothy 6, 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. See, the good fight is a a fight of faith. You say, well, pastor, how do we know what the good fight is? You know, I told you to go to 2 Timothy, but do me a favor. Go to the book of Jude, just real quickly. Jude, verse 3. There's only one chapter. It's right before the book of Revelation. You find the book of Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible. Right before the book of Revelation, you have the book of Jude. And I want you to notice how we, how the, what the Bible tells us the good fight is. What is the good fight that we're supposed to be involved in? Jude, chapter 1. Jude, chapter 1, first chapter, only chapter in, in the book of Jude. Look at verse 3. Notice what Jude said. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. You see that word salvation? He said, he said, I want to write to you about the doctrine of salvation, the salvation that we all have in common. Hopefully, most people in this room tonight are saved. You've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Jude is writing, and he says, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, I want you to notice this word, contend. You see the word contend? The word contend means to fight. The word contend means to engage in a battle. He said, he said that you should earnestly contend, notice, for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Here in a couple of weeks, after Mother's Day, we're going to actually do a series on Sunday mornings, a three-part series entitled, Earnestly Contend for the Faith. And we're going to be talking about this idea of fighting for the faith and fighting for the gospel. But here's what I want you to understand. When Jude said that you should earnestly contend for the faith, he was talking about the common salvation. Here's what I want you to understand. If you are involved in a fight that is pushing, that is, uh, uh, you know, getting the gospel out there, that is getting people saved, if you spend your life, if you spend your money, if you spend your youth investing in a fight to get people the gospel, to earnestly contend for the faith of the common salvation, then you will be able to get to the end of your life and say, I fought in a good fight. 
You may spend the rest of your life saying, well, I'm going to run for Congress, and I'm going to go get this done, and I'm going to get them to pass this law or pass that law. And listen to me, that's not bad. And from time to time, I even come to you and I say, hey, you know, I think just a couple weeks ago I said, would you mind emailing Richard Pan about some stupid law they're trying to pass? And, and, And we engage in those things from time to time. But listen to me, that's not our main focus. Because we can spend all our time on politics. We can spend all our time on on solving, you know, uh, childhood diabetes. We can spend all our time on even trying to solve the poverty issue in America. But if we don't spend our time in the souls of men and engaging in a spiritual battle and getting people the gospel so that they'll spend eternity in heaven, then we won't be able to say, I fought in a good fight. You might be able to say, I fought in a fight. You might even be able to say, I fought well in a fight. But if you want to get to the end of your life and say, I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of departure is at hand, you need to be able to say, I engage in a good fight. And good is describing the fight, not the fighting. What are you doing to get the gospel out? People say, well, I, 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 I coach this, or I coach Little League, or I coach Pee Wee football, and I coach, and listen, that, those are all good things. I'm not saying it's bad for you to do that. But you go in and coach all the things you want. You go, you know, well, I'm involved in this bowling league and I'm involved in this charitable. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. But you spend your life in that. And you spend your life pursuing things that don't matter for eternity's sake. You will not get to the end of your life and say, I'm ready to see God. Because here's the bottom line. God doesn't care about a lot of things that our society cares about. But God does care about the gospel. God does care about why he sent his son. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And listen to me. You, 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 may, you say, well, I've wasted a lot of time and I have a lot of regrets. And listen, I've wasted a lot of time and I have a lot of regrets. But the only way, the only way you will get to the end of your life and like Paul say, I am ready. I am looking forward. I, I want to see Jesus. The only way you're going to get there is if you're able to say, like Paul, I have fought in a good fight. I was involved in the fight of faith. I was, in, I was earnestly contending for the faith of the gospel. Can, can you go to 2 Timothy chapter number uh, 2? 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 3. Notice what Paul said to Timothy again. 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 3. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No, notice what he says. No man that warreth, no man that's fighting, no man that's contending, no man that warreth, notice, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. You know, the problem with most Christians is we're too entangled in the affairs of this life. Right, we're, we're distracted with the things of this world. We're, 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 you know, we're focused on the things of this world. And here's what Paul said. He said, if you want to fight a good fight, he said, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath called him to be a soldier. See, you need to get in the right fight. Here's a question I have for you. Are you in the right fight? Say, well, how do I know? What are you doing with your life that is pushing the gospel, that is pursuing the agenda that God has for us, that is is helping the Great Commission go forward? If you say, well, I'm involved in this, and I'm involved in that, and this is a good cause, and this is a good thing, and we got to fight this issue, and we got to fight that issue, but none of those are connected to the gospel, you won't be able to say, I fought a good fight. You may be able to say, I fought a fight. And you may even be able to say, I fought well in the fight that I fought. But you need to be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, I fought in a fight that was worth fighting. And the only fight that's worth fighting is the fight of the gospel, is getting the gospel out. So what what do we learn from Paul? How do you get to the end of your life and say, I'm not ready to be offered? 
And the time of my departure is at hand. Number one, you have to be able to say, I fought a good fight. And remember, the word good is describing the fight, not the fighting. It's describing the fight, not the fighter. Number two, can you make your way back to 2 Timothy chapter 4? Look at verse 7. Notice what he says. He says, I have fought a good fight. But he said, I not only engaged in the proper fight. He said, I not only wasted, uh, spent my time, not wasted my time with things that didn't matter, but spent my time in things that did matter. He said, I have finished my course. The only way you're going to get to the end of your life and say, I'm ready. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I, I'm not afraid to meet Jesus Christ. I want to see I want to get to that judgment seat of Christ. I'm looking forward to the things that God has for me. The only way you're going to get to that place in your life is if you're able to say, I fought a good fight. And number two, if you're able to say, I have finished my course. You say, well, what does that mean? To finish your course. Well, keep your finger there in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Go me to the book of Acts, please. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter number uh, 20, and look at verse number 24. Now, do me a favor. When you get to Acts 20, put your bulletin or a ribbon or a bookmark or something there in Acts 20, because we're going to leave it, and we're going to come right back to it. So I want you to be able to get there. Notice what the Apostle Paul said here in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. The Bible says this, he said this, but none of these things move me. We're going to come back to that thought in a second. He says, neither count thy my life dear unto myself. Notice what he said, so that I might finish my course. Do you see that? Same phrase he used in 2 Timothy 4, 7. Now, in, here's what's exciting. In Acts 20, 24, he said, so that I might finish my course. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have finished my course. Hey, right now, you know, I'm, I'm a young man. I, I'm, I'm saying like Paul, hey, I'm, I want to finish my course. I hope one day I'll be able to say I have finished my course. And he said, notice, you said, well, what does that mean? Notice, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. You say, well, what, what does it mean to finish my course? Notice what he says. And the ministry, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Here's what it means to finish your course, is to finish your ministry. What does ministry mean? It means the service that God has given you. See, God has given you certain things to do with your life. God has given me certain things to do with my life. On June 5th, 11 years ago, I stood at an altar, and I put a ring on my wife's finger, and she put a ring on my finger, and I said, I do, and she said, I do. And at that moment, God gave me a ministry to my wife. And if I'm going to get to the end of my life and be able to say, I'm now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm excited to see what God has in store for me. I need to be able to say, I finished the course that God gave me. Hey, you say, you know, you, I, I tell you this, God has given me the ministry of being a husband to my wife. God has given me the ministry uh, being a father to uh, five children, one unborn, I need to be able to get to the end of my life and say, I finished the course that God gave me. To the best of my ability, I raised those kids to the, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I can tell you this, God gave me the ministry of pastoring Verity Baptist Church. Now, your ministry and your course may be different. You may have different things, and it may be similar. If you're a mother, that's your ministry. If you're a father, that's your ministry. If you're a wife, that's your ministry. If you're a husband, that's your ministry. But God may give you certain things to do, certain things He's placed in your path, certain things He's placed on your heart. You need to be able to say, I finished. You say, what does that mean? It means you don't quit. It means you don't say, my heart breaks 
Sometimes I talk to parents and, and they say, you know, I'm kind of just, just waiting for my kids to move out. You know, I just messed up. I wasn't focused right. I wasted too much time. And now they're just who they are. And I can't get, you know, now I'm saved or now I'm right with God. And I, you know, it's just, I'm just kind of getting ready for them to move out. And, and then hopefully things work out. Hey, that's a sad thing. You ought to just say, I'm going to do what I can do from this point forward. I'm going to finish the course that God gave me to do. So many marriages end in divorce because people don't say, I'm going to finish what God gave me to do. And they'll say, no, I'm going to quit halfway. No, I'm going to stop. No, I'm not going to go. Listen to me. If you want to get to the place where you end your life saying, I'm ready, you need to be able to say, I finished my course. Now, notice what he says in Acts chapter 20 because here's the key. Here's the key words. Acts 20 and 24, look down at it again. Notice what he says. He says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course. But here's the key words. Here's the key words. With joy. You see that? See, I don't want to get to the end of my life, been married to my wife for 60 some odd years, and either she dies or she kills me. And I, and I get there and say, well, we got that thing done. I mean, we never got divorced. I hated every minute of it. You know, she hated every minute of it. Hey, listen, I want to get to the end of my course with joy. I want to raise my kids right for God. But I don't want to raise my kids right for God at the expense of my relationship with my children. I don't have to sit there and yell at my children and be angry at my children and say, we're independent fundamental Baptists. Don't you know we don't say that? We don't do that? We don't dress that way? Hey, I want to teach them right. I want to teach them to fear the Lord and to love the Lord. But guess what? I also want to be able to have a friendship with with my children when they are a groom. I want to finish my course with joy. I want to finish my marriage with joy. Hey, guess what? I don't want to get to the end of 40 years of pastoring Verity Baptist Church and say, well, I got that thing done. I mean, I couldn't stand any of those people. And they couldn't stand me. And I was bitter and angry and mad the whole way through, but I got it done. Look, I want to finish my course with joy. Paul says, hey, finish your course with joy. With joy. And then he says, if you can say that, if you can do that, if you can accomplish that, if you can get there, he says, you will be able to finish your life and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to see God. I'm ready to be judged. I'm ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So how do you get to that place as an old man to say, I've got sin and I've got regrets and I've got things I wish I could go back and undo, but I am now ready to be offered. How do you get that? Number one, you have to be able to say, I fought in the right fight. I fought in a good fight. I may not have fought well, but I fought in the right, I engaged in the right thing. You need to be able to say, I finished my course. Whatever God has given you to do, I stuck with it. I did not quit. I went to the end, and I did it with joy. Number three, can you make your way back to 2 Timothy chapter 4? 2 Timothy chapter 4, notice verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Paul said, I fought a good fight. Remember, the word good describes the fight, not the fighting. Remember, the word good describes the fight, not the fighter. He says, I finished my course. Remember, the key is with joy. With joy. With joy. And then he says this. He says, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. You say, Pastor, how do I get to the end of my life and be able to say as an old man or as an old woman, um, you know, women don't get old, but you know what I mean. Get to the end of where, where you're going to die. You know, you're young and then you die. That's how it works for women. How do I get there and say, I'm ready? I'm ready to see God. I'm ready to see Jesus. 
How do you get there? You say, I have fought a good fight. You say, I finished my course. And you say this, I have kept, I have kept the faith. Now, you may be asking, well, what does that mean, I have kept the faith? Can you go back to Acts chapter 20? Acts chapter 20. That word keep or kept means to do or to observe or to not forget. It's the same word when Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's the same word there. I have kept the faith. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. Well, notice Acts chapter 20, because he says it in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Remember I told you to keep your place there? Acts chapter 20, look, verse 24. We're going to be done fast, all right? We got cake and ice cream, and we don't want the ice cream to get cold, so we got to hurry. Acts chapter 20, some of you will get that later. Look at verse 24. Notice what he says. He says, but none of these things move me. Do you see that? So what is he saying? He's saying, I'm not changing. What is he saying? He said, I'm not moving. So what are you saying? He said, I figured out where I stand. I figured out what I believe. I figured out what I'm going to do. And I have kept the faith. Listen to me. If you're here tonight and you have said, Verity Baptist Church is my church. I'm an independent, funnel Baptist. I'm King James only. Listen, if you are King James only, don't, don't be six weeks from now. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm not King James. You know, I mean, I listen to this guy on the radio. and Maybe, maybe there are. You know, maybe it's not perfect. Hey, why don't you do the research and figure out where you stand on that issue? And when, once you get to the place where you say, yeah, the King James is inspired. It's a preserved word of God. It's the right word of God. Once you get there, why don't you just say, I'm going to stand right there and I'm not going to move. Why don't you just decide, I'm a soul winner. I believe in the Great Commission. I believe in, like Jesus taught, going out from house to house, door to door, knocking the doors, getting people saved. And once you, say, once you see it from the Word of God, you say, this is what God wants us to do. God wants us to reach a community with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why don't you stay right there and not, you know, six months later, six years later, try to say, well, I don't know, does soul winning really work? Hey, look, if you believe in marriage, when you got married and you say, till death do us part, why don't you just stay right there? And don't say six years later, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe we can get out of, cut out of this thing a little early. All I'm saying, you know, if you believe in separation, you believe in living right, you believe in doing right, why don't you just, I'm not telling you to do what I tell you to do. I'm telling you to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, right? You're dividing the word of truth. Take the time to read the Bible and figure out what you believe. But once you believe it, why don't you stand right there like Paul and say, none of these things move me. This is where I stand. This is what I believe. This is who I am. Nothing's going to move me because I want to get to the end of my life and say, I have kept the faith. One of the things that frustrates me, and I'm going to go ahead and maybe upset some of you, but that's okay. One thing that frustrates me with, at our church is that I've noticed this. Pastor Jimenez will get up and preach about clothing standards for women. And yeah, I, know, I know it's a controversial thing, but it's in the Bible. And I'll preach about, you know, women, you ought to dress modestly. And ladies, you ought, you, ought to, you ought to be shamefacedness. And you ought not be dressing to bring attention to yourself or bring attention to your body. And I'll preach about those things from the Word of God. And you know what I've noticed? As soon as I get done preaching, all the ladies come to church the next Sunday. And then their, their skirts are loose and they're long and they are fundamental Baptists for two or three weeks. And then all of a sudden the skirts kind of start hiking up. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the shirts kind of start going down. And then all of a sudden, everything starts getting a little tighter. And then Pastor Jimenez has to get up here and says, Hey, ladies, you got to dress right. You got to dress for God. It's not to please men. You got to, you know. And then, and then the next Sunday, all the women, I mean, they are fundamental Baptists. They are right with God. And three weeks later, the tight little sweater comes out. Three weeks later, the short blouse comes out. Three weeks later, a tight little skirt comes out, and Pastor Jimenez gets up. Listen, why do I have to get up every six weeks and preach about women's dress standards? 
Hey, ladies, why don't you just decide, this is what I believe, this is where I stand, this is what I am, I'm going to keep the faith, I'm not going to change. I don't need pastor to, and look, I will preach about it, and I will rant about it, but listen, why don't you just decide, this is where I stand, this is what I believe, this is who I am, I'm not changing. You say, well, why do I have to do that? It's the only way you're going to be able to get to the end of your life and say, I have kept the faith. I studied, I thought. Some of, you, some of you ladies, let, let, let me be real clear with you. You don't need to study and think. You just do what your husband tells you to do. The Bible says that you are to submit in all things. And if he's not asking you to rob a bank or do something against God, you just, look, my wife, you know, I'll tell you, my wife wouldn't want me saying this. There are so many times when my wife will come home with clothing and she'll say, honey, I, I bought this. I think it's okay. Is it okay with you? And she's given me full permission to say, you know what, I don't, I don't like that. Sometimes they say, you only wear that one for me, okay? <laughs> you, know, or some, you know, sometimes, you know, and she's giving me for She doesn't matter. If I say I don't like this, sir, I can, and I, I rarely have to say it. I, I don't think I've ever even said it because her standards are her standards. But if I ever walked up to my wife and said, you know, I don't like the way that dress looks, she would get rid of it. Some of you ladies need to learn to submit to your husbands. So I'm, I'm not going to have him. Hey, the Bible says that he is your head. The Bible says that he is your boss. You ought to say, honey, is this okay? Is this all right? Is this what you want me to wear? Is this how you want me to go? And listen, why don't you decide where you're standing? Just stay right there. Why is it everything's always up for debate? And everything, you know, pastor preaches about this and pastor preaches about that. And then six months later, I got to be answering all these questions. Why don't you just decide, here's where I stand. Here's what I believe. Here's where I'm going to stay. None of these things move me. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And if you're just constantly just... Tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, with every season and every style, that's fine. You can live your life that way, but you won't get to the end of your life and say, I'm ready to be offered. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. He said, I'm excited to see Jesus. He said, how do you get to that place? You fight in the right fight. And you finish the ministry that he's given you to finish. And you decide where you're going to stand, and you stand there, and you keep the faith, and you don't change, and you keep on keeping on. Can you make your way back to 2 Timothy chapter 4? 2 Timothy chapter 4? Now, please understand, Paul lived a life of sin, and he had regrets. Paul said in Philippians, he said, Brethren, I count on myself to apprehend it. He said, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, he said, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You may say, Man, I've, I've, made, I've messed up and I've done things that I shouldn't have done. Hey, you know, what, what do you do? Look, the past is in the past. You just press toward that mark. You just forget those things which are behind and get on with what God has given you to get on. I'm not sitting here telling you to, you know, well, I'm not going to be able. I'm just saying from this point forward, from henceforth, can you say I'm going to live my life in a way where I will be ready, where I will be ready to see God? Notice what he says, 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're, we're, we're done right here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 8. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and then he says this, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. He says, look, are you living your life in a way? Remember when your parents used to, you know, go out of town? And they said, well, when we get back, you know, this house better look, you know, it better be right, better be clean. Don't you have your friends over? 
Now look, if you kept the house clean, if you did everything you were supposed to do, your parents showed up, right? You, you loved their appearing. Hey, Mom, hey, Dad. Now, Mom and Dad came home a day early, and that house was a mess. You weren't loving their appearing. You love Mom and Dad, but you didn't love what they were going to do, right? And here's what Paul said. He said, he said, look, if you can live your life in a way where Jesus, you know, we, don't, you don't, we don't believe in that instant rapture, but here's the thing. If Jesus could show up at any time, and you can say, hey, I'm ready. I've been living right. I've been doing right. I've been engaged in the right fight. I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I love his appearing. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. You don't have to turn here, but Ecclesiastes 7 eight says this. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. He says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. It's more important. Listen to me. It's more important to end right than start right. You can start right. And then wrong. Remember we studied Saul just last Wednesday night. He started right. He ended wrong. Say, what do I do? You, maybe you got off to a bad start. Maybe you've messed up and have things, and we all have that. But why don't you just decide tonight, I'm going to finish right. I'm going to figure out what the fight is that I'm supposed to be involved in. I'm going to figure out, and I'm going to put my energy, I'm going to put my money, I'm going to put my time and effort into fighting a good fight. And then I'm going to Finish my course. I'm going to figure out what God gave me to do. And God's given you things to do in your life. And why don't you say, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to finish it. Remember the key words? With joy. And then why don't you just say, I'm going to figure out what I believe. I'm going to figure out where I stand. And I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay right there. None of these things move me. I'm going to finish this thing strong. And when I'm on that deathbed, I'll be able to say, I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. That's the goal. And there will be a crown of righteousness. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. If you finish strong and if you finish well. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer.